Hi, everybody. Welcome back to our podcast. We go for it. We're sharing stories and observations for the boldly aspiring. This podcast is brought to you by Norman and Advancing Life Projects. Let us help you advance your life project, whatever it might be, in business, in life, in professional or your studies. Let us give you a hand in advancing your life project. We're pretty good. Thanks for joining us on our 365 day best wishes for you series. This is episode 79, and our wish of the day is may you remain grounded in the field of limitless substance and possibility. May you remain grounded in the field of limitless substance and possibility. Now, when I first came across this beautiful thought, one which was first made known to me as is by a gentleman by the name of Eric Butterworth, but which in fact echoes what I'd been studying from Earl Nightingale and Bob Proctor, among others, for several years before. And it was the realization that those who are realistic actually have it right. You've got to be realistic. Now, what made me think about this was the part of today's wish that starts with, may you remain grounded. May you remain grounded in the field of limitless substance and possibility. I like that word, grounded, solid, balanced, and sensible. Well, after all, we do live in an orderly universe, don't we? Now, before anybody here gets howling that what I've just said runs counter to the message the message that I've strived to convey in the previous 78 episodes of this series, allow me to reassure you that it does not. This message is as consistent and uplifting as it's always been. Let me explain. And let's start with a definition of realistic, having or showing a sensible and practical idea of what can be achieved or expected. Now, there are a number of things that we, need to, that we need to analyze here. Having or showing a sensible and practical idea of what can be achieved or expected. My question is, what are we basing ourselves on when we decide what is possible, what we can achieve, or what we can expect? What are we basing ourselves on? I think that's an important question. You know, we have here the concept of maps. You know, a map, what's a map? A map is a is a it's a representation of reality. It's a representation of reality. It's not the actual thing. It's our perception. Now, our perceptions are like maps and they are our understanding of quote-unquote reality. But this understanding is shaped and influenced by a multitude of factors, many of which we did not choose and are or were completely out of our control or oversight. Yet they claim great power over us. You know, we have this idea that we have to be realistic. If you tell someone that, based on what? Is that person who is giving you that message 
is that person actually completely aware of what you're capable of? Or are they just looking at current results? You see, your results are basically an indication of the way you've been thinking up until now. They are in no way or form an indication of your potential. Now, when you get that idea firmly placed in your mind, you're going to start to win. Now, I like to say that there is a herd realism and a real realism. What, I mean, what do I mean by that? The herd, you know, the herd, the, 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 the cows, the, the, the goats, the sheep, the gazelles that all go in, in a group and they all follow the same way. That's what I'm referring to. And we have quote unquote herd realism. And then we have quote unquote real realism. And that's, I'm, I'm using it very loosely here. Because what separates them both, these two types of realism, are effort, research, knowledge, faith, and courage. You see, herd realism applies none of those. It's simply following, quote unquote, again, conventional wisdom. Wisdom, I'm using that term very loosely, giving it a lot more honor than it deserves. So, when we talk about real realism, something that's that we're really, how could I say, we're getting a very good idea of what we're capable of. And even then, it's not completely accurate, nor will it ever be. We have to employ some effort. We have to do our research. We're going to require knowledge. And we have to act on faith and courage. Now, I have two examples that came to mind as I was thinking about this particular quote and how it affects and how it relates to this idea of being realistic. And one of them is by a a really great guy who passed away a few years back. His name was Larry Wilson, and he wrote a book. It's it's really a great book, and it it's it's contributed immensely to my own sense of well-being and balance and happiness. And the name of the book is Playing to Win. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I need to read a little excerpt from it. I'm going to actually read it verbatim. So please bear with me. It is a story that he tells, and it has a lot to do with herd realism and then real realism. You know, as I said before, going out there and making an effort, doing some research, getting some knowledge, and acting with faith and courage. Here's the story. West of the Pecos River, throughout the ranches of New Mexico and West Texas, cattle graze on ranges that are so large that it is not economical to hang gates every place a road crosses a fence. So ranchers invented the cattle guard, a ditch dug across the road with metal bars spaced every few inches to span the ditch at road level. Cattle guards were a great invention. Cars and trucks could drive right over them, but cows could not walk through them. The cattle were effectively fenced in. Of course, there is one problem with cattle guards. When a pickup truck, the vehicle of choice in the West, 
runs over a cattle guard at 50 or 60 miles an hour, the jolt to the driver, passengers, cargo, and suspension is hellacious. Once upon a time, some enterprising cowboys got together to tackle this problem. Figuring that cows were not terribly bright, the cowboys decided to fill in the ditches and paint stripes across the road where the bars used to be to keep the cows from straying. It worked. Cows wandered up to the painted cattle guards and said to themselves, Whoa, that's a cattle guard. I cannot go any farther. Painted cattle guards became the rage. The cows, being mostly an unchallenging lot, accepted the painted cattle guards, chose not to question their fate, and spent their days milling around, grazing in their assigned pasture. But of course, no solution is perfect. A few years passed, and then one day, a couple of cowboys found a herd that had crossed a painted cattle guard to graze in the rich, lush grass close by the Pecos River. Here is what the cowboys concluded. One cow, it's always one, right? It's always one. One cow had gone up to the painted cattle guard and for the first time really examined it. She squinted her eyes and looked at it hard, thoughtfully, cautiously, she put one hoof on the cattle guard and discovered that it was just paint. Paint, she thought. This is not a real cattle guard. I have been fenced in all these years by a pretend cattle guard. This went against herd wisdom. It was common knowledge that cattle guards were impassable barriers. It was the way things were. But now this cow thought hard and long about the consequences of being fenced in by paint, and although she was terrified, she put another hoof on the paint, and still nothing happened. She took a deep breath and walked across. Then she led the entire herd across that painted cattle guard. That is what we call a smart cow. Um, Larry Wilson goes on to say, What made that smart cow successful wasn't necessarily extraordinary courage. She was successful because she took the time to examine the painted stripes on the road and to think about them. She considered real evidence rather than relying on herd wisdom. Only then did she discover that the cattle guard, which had kept her fenced in for all those years, was just made up. How many of us are allowing painted cattle guards to determine what we're capable of? Masking it under the, how could I say, under the adage or the, the term, the expression, you got to be realistic. By whose standard? You have to make that decision. And unfortunately, many of us, myself included, even today, we at times allow ourselves to be limited by what others think is possible. And those others are making that assertion based on no research, 
no, no knowledge whatsoever, and more coming from an area of fear, in the best case. Now, there's another example that I also came across. I thought it was really fascinating. And the second example revolves around the solving of what was considered an impossible problem in biology. Impossible. Okay? This problem was just beyond our ability to solve, to find some kind of answer to. I would say someone, or maybe even several prominent someones, deemed the following to be impossible. High-level herd mentality? Yes, but still herd mentality. Now, there's a company called DeepMind, which is um, owned by Google. It's a research and development company of AI, artificial intelligence. Now, I know that this is a very controversial topic, AI and the potential impact and what it can do. This is one of the good stories. Now, I was watching a 60 Minutes program, and I was reminded just how, with the right knowledge, our understanding of reality and what is possible can radically change. We're going to talk about protein. Now, we all know the word protein. It's one of the fundamental building blocks of the body. And according to this documentary, there are approximately 200 million different types of protein known to science. Now, to better understand their structure and how they can be used, in order to do that, this requires mapping them. Now, they have a particular structure that I'm, I'm not able to explain, but their structure means that in order to create a proper map of them, we have to create 3D maps of each type of protein. For some reason, they talk about the folding of the protein or something. And we all know that protein are building blocks of the body. There's there's so much, um, how could I say, they, they support so much of our biology. Now, according to the documentary, using conventional methods, it would typically take about five years to map one protein, five people years. You know what I mean? Like uh, you would have a PhD, a doctorate who would be doing that as a project, it would take him about five years to map one protein. Now, if we do the math, it would take, in this case then, one billion human research years to map out every known protein. You know, that's 200 million times five. Now, you got to be realistic. This is a truly impossible task. Let's relegate it to that, you know, that corner of the closet where, you know... (laughs) All the interesting but useless ideas go. Mapping all those proteins, not possible. Let's forget it. This is an idea one that one sh- we shouldn't even entertain, right? Well, last year, with the help of AI, DeepMind successfully mapped all 200 million proteins, and they did it in about two years. Two years. And they took the findings and they donated it all, this, these 3D maps, all of it, to humanity. Now, in the documentary, they talk a bit, can go look it up and, and double check my, my facts, double check the story. And 
protein, from what I understand, the, and the the more we understand their structures and how we can use them, we can we we can we can use them in so many different applications. Malaria vaccines, enzymes which can eat plastic waste. They talked about new antibiotics. Just with this information, we have unlocked enormous potential for good if we choose to use it that way. Of course, and just three years ago, this was impossible. Don't even bother. Well, they did it. What is impossible? I don't know. I really don't know. Our reality, I do know one thing. Our reality is limited by our own ignorance. That's what limits our reality. Ignorance. Ignorance has always been the enemy. So it has been limited by our own ignorance And our reality expands as we acquire greater and more relevant knowledge about ourselves, our relationships with our communities and our goals. And then we apply this knowledge with faith and courage. And we apply them to our own individual lives and our aspirational quests. Now, each of us has a choice. We can study and tap into even greater knowledge about ourselves or we can remain in an ignorant state and allow herd realism to own us. Just remember one thing. The more we study ourselves, the more we will understand our own limitless potential. It's a choice we all have, and I do hope you choose wisely. And as we part ways, I share my sincere wish with you. May you remain grounded in the field of limitless substance and possibility. Until next time, take care, be kind to yourselves and each other, and remember that ultimately you hold the key. Thanks for your time.